Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Megan Robinson, the principal at eLeader Experience. Megan has held various roles at other marketing agencies before starting her own business as well, including COO and VP of Marketing, which is very cool. And we're excited to dive into leadership today, one of those buzzwords in business that we hear so much about. So we're excited to have an expert like Megan give us some more insights into that. So Megan, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to hear what you have to tell us. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Nate. Definitely. So why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about eLeader Experience. Tell us about you. Yeah. So eLeader Experience is a coaching business and we're really focused on helping entrepreneurs, emerging leaders, and executive leaders expand their leadership ability and skill sets. And I know leadership is a bit of a buzzword (laughs) that you mentioned. So a lot of people want to talk about leadership or reflect on their leadership or even think they're already amazing leaders. But there's so much that you can do to grow and develop and nurture those talents that we really focus on the action part of it. And how do you build those things? What do you do? And take people through either curriculums and courses over an extended period of time or work with people one-on-one on building up those leadership skills, building up their businesses. Yeah, of course. That's great. Let's get into leadership a little bit because like we both said, it's a buzzword. Everyone knows it's important but it's really hard to kind of nail down what does leadership look like for you and how do you kind of define that when you're working with, with your clients? I love that. I like to look at John Maxwell's definition of leadership, which is leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And I feel that really creates a lot of accessibility to leadership because everyone wants to increase their ability to influence. Influence in business, in your personal life, in every aspect is really going to be your ability to get something done, to push forward your agenda, to make things happen. And so influence doesn't have to be just for the CEO. And it really goes down to what I like to call self-leadership first. And we focus on how are you leading yourself? Where are you going as an individual? Because when you have more self-leadership, that's what other people really gravitate towards, right? The, the strong personalities, the people that have a good focus and direction that are really aware, that's what creates more of that natural leadership ability. And so it really increases everyone's ability to influence. So I like to say, whether you're the CEO, whether you're a salesperson, whether you have an intern, whether you have a team of a hundred, you've got to use your leadership ability to influence. I was actually listening to a a report the other week where they asked, I want to say like 150 different CEOs, how do you define leadership? And they got 150 different answers. You're smiling because of course, right? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone has a bit of that personal, you know, oh, leadership's a personal journey or a personal experience. But that's why I use Maxwell's definition because it really gives a lot of flexibility and comes back to some of those core elements that helps to define it and helps kind of realize where you want to go with it or where you can go with it. I love the simplicity of that definition. That makes it so easy. So thank you for just cutting through the noise straight to it. That's great. One of the themes kind of, if you look at Megan's LinkedIn profile or website, you see kind of like you were mentioning, Megan, leadership is not just for CEOs. It's for everyone. It's, it's from the lowest level to the highest level. And I think that's really key. I mean, that's something I hadn't thought about, honestly, before you had said that. So first of all, mind blown a little bit, but 
for business owners, you know, whether they own a small business, whether we're kind of talking mid-size or larger companies, I know you could go a lot of ways with this because this is what you do centrally, but what are some, I guess, insights or tips you could give to business owners to kind of start cultivating leadership within their company and within their, their team and such? Man, that's like a whole culture conversation, right? right? How do you create a culture of leadership? And I'm going to say there has never been another year to shine the spotlight on leadership and what happens when you have really strong leadership, what happens when you're lacking leadership in all facets of living. <laughs> I, I look at the difference between being a leader and a manager as kind of my, my hmm. go-to point. So managers are there to keep the status quo, right? They're there to continue to progress to keep the same thing happening day in and day out. They're holding people accountable. They're following the processes and procedures. They're checking boxes. That's what managers do. Great managers are really effective at keeping things the same. Leadership on the other end is creating change. And you need change at certain times to adjust, adapt, to move forward, to create something bigger or different. So really have a balance, I think, between leadership and management. And most of our training and areas of focus tend to really go towards the management side of things, right? It's how do you maintain? How do you keep these things going? How do you right. hit the standards? So cultivating leadership is almost at a polar opposite of it. So it's really hard to balance those two things. I, I think it really comes down to culture. It comes to listening. It comes to how are you growing these initiatives and how are you nurturing it instead of stifling it? To me, that comes back to your first point about leadership being through all the ranks, right? Is if you're opening conversations and giving people the opportunity to grow and to change and to bring in new initiatives in the company, that's leadership, right? Because you're giving them the space for that. Because I think when we think of leadership, maybe this is just me, but oftentimes I think of leadership as I'm going to tell you how we're going to do things. Like I have the vision, I have the goals, I have the mission, all that. And it's, it's all top down, right? But that's probably not your best form of leadership, I'd imagine. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's interesting you bring that kind of top down leadership. And, and that's why I say, you know, CEO, it's not just the CEO that needs to be a good leader. When you think of what does leadership mean for that, but that's really looking at which level you're leading from. And kind of that, honestly, no offense, lowest level of leadership is that positional power where you're a leader because someone put you in that position. That doesn't really give you much, right? Like when you think of like right. those dictators or people that are just being like, well, I'm the boss, you got to do it. Wow. That's not motivating. That's not inspiring. That that's not going to grow a company that people are clamoring to get to. And so, yes, you can lead from that. And I would say most people are really leading from that level and it's unfortunate and it creates a lot of other challenges, a lot of toxic cultures. I'm sure everyone can think of a time that a boss said, oh, you have to do this because I said so. Your parents say it, right? I'm the parent. You got to do it. <laughs> That's right. It's effective and there's definitely times for it. But when you go into other levels of leadership and you get permission to lead people, they want to have build relationships with you. When you get the results that you're looking for and people want to attach to that vision or dream or when you start growing other people and building up leadership, those are much different reasons that people want to follow you and are inspired and start working towards a bigger goal. So you're going to get way more out of the team, out of the community, I'm just going to say, rather than just saying, do this because I said. Yeah, that's so good. It's almost like a change is happening between kind of the old style of leadership and the new style and, and everyone knows where they should be uh, trying to get there, but it's 
like you're saying, it's really difficult to get to. So as someone that works with owners and leaders who are trying to make that transition happen, what are kind of some of the the ways you come alongside business owners who are trying to say, yeah, I know I need to lead in a way different than maybe I know, but I'm not sure what to do. How do you kind of handle that and, and get into that? Yeah. You know, it's always the, what do I do? And the hardest thing is finding that gap, right? It's what you know and what you don't know and bringing something to a conscious level and an awareness for you is the most difficult step. And that's really where you start to learn and grow is because something that you weren't aware of before now you are, and now you can choose if you want to change it or fix it or however you want to voice it. But bringing that awareness piece is really, really hard. And it comes from a lot of reflection, a lot of analysis and opportunity for it. And a little bit of vulnerability, to be perfectly honest. You know, some people get there on their own and they do a lot of the deep reflection. Some people use a coach and have that other kind of space to discover and explore what's happening. A bit of the why, but mostly what do you want to be happening and keep that vision really close to it. Yeah. So a lot of reflection either way, either with someone or on your own, that seems to be the key we're seeing here. I wanted to talk about kind of your entrepreneurial journey because looking through your history, you've, you've worked some other agencies, have owned your other business, your own business in the past as well. How did you kind of get into the entrepreneurial sphere? What was that like to kind of transition from employee to entrepreneur? Yeah, I, my, my journey started when I was 13 and I decided I wanted to be the VP of marketing. And I know that sounds really crazy, but I was all like hell bent on marketing and advertising and I went to school for it. I got my first big agency job. I worked my way up back in the day when we had like actual print production folders and running around the agency. I went fortune 500 company. I, I did agency. I got a lot of that experience and I grew and there hit a point where I said, thank you so much for the experience. <laughs> but I want to do it on my own. It's not a sustainable model and agency life is really tough. And I was ready to be on my own. I wanted to do things my way. And this is the least leadership thing I can say, but I wanted to stop playing with B and C players, to be perfectly honest. I was like, man, this bureaucracy that's going on, it's just not for me. And I, I want to be more nimble. I want to produce great work and, and I want to lead on my own. So I started my own practice and I was white labeling for someone and we ended up merging our, our practices together and there was some shakeup in the leadership. And I really just saw a team that rallied together at a time of crisis. And I was really inspired by that. And I, I really realized what happens when you have a common vision, when you have that goal that you've shared effectively with people, that you have that emotional buy-in that even post-mortem, people want to see that vision succeed. And that was a really big turning point for me as an entrepreneur, as a leader, understanding what that looks like, how people can come together when something's that powerful. So that, that really sparked <laughs> a whole nother aspect of it. But yeah, becoming an entrepreneur was a little built out of frustration, built out of a can-do attitude and a lot of naivete. <laughs> to say the least. You know, I, I jumped in and I didn't have a client. I said, this is something I'm good at. Let's see if people want to buy it. And I started networking. I started building my community and it, it kind of took off from there. It was slow building and it still continues to be slow mm -hmm. building because I'm much bigger on building strong relationships 
and foundations rather than going out and doing a bunch of ads and getting one-time clients that don't stick. Right. I, I love that you brought up being naive because I think most business owners, definitely including myself, were naive in some way starting a business, you know, just thinking, yeah, there's how many clients are out there? They're going to be walking through the door. It's going to be super easy. So I never said it'd be super easy. And I was like, maybe was I'm projecting an, myself onto you. <laughs> it was more of an, oh, oh no, I got to go find clients. How am I going to do that? And shifting from marketer to salesperson, oh man, that, that's a shift. And even people today ask me about, you know, oh, should I be the consultant or I want to get into coaching? I'm like, okay, well, whatever you want to do, know that business development is part of that. It has to be. And you've got to have a plan or a strategy or something going on there to get you over that because without clients, you don't have a business. That's right. And I wanted to talk about that because as business owners, we have to wear all the different hats, right? You have to do what you're skilled in, but then you also have to, like you said, develop the business and do all the other roles that maybe you didn't even anticipate. For me, I was like, I'm a technician in this area and I'm skilled in this, but oh, I have to do marketing and I have to do business. What? You know, it, there's, there's a lot to take over and all manage. What insights can you share into juggling all those and making that happen as a business owner, all the different roles and responsibilities? Oh man, that's, that's a tough one. And I wish there was a great answer, but honestly, until you start to get your systems in place, you are just running, running mm -hmm. hot. And I don't think that there's a cheat or a shortcut for that experience. And if you try to hack it, it'll come back to bite you eventually because there's a certain piece that you have to go through and a certain learning curve that you have to adjust to. So I would say definitely giving yourself some patience for that. Give yourself a little bit of flexibility. Self-compassion is probably a better way of saying, look, you're going to have to learn these things. It's all right. Continue to learn and grow. But I do like being process-driven if I can for something just because it gives you something to measure by. And in business or when you're managing a business, again, hit staying the same and consistent with it, having a consistent process or something that you can reflect on and change, adjust, putting that together can help you adjust it as you need. It doesn't need to be rigid. So I love to say flexible process because processes probably shouldn't be flexible, but <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's my favorite oxymoron is a flexible process. Um, so yeah. putting something together that you can then adjust and tweak as needed, but at least know what you've got. Also creating community is so important. There are tons of entrepreneur groups, networking platforms, wherever you find your tribe or your people or someone that you can connect with or a couple people that are going through similar things, that's invaluable. And it's always going to continue to give back and you're going to grow and learn from someone and they're going to feel the empathy for what you're going through because it's a tough journey. <laughs> no joke about that. So right. making sure that you have a couple of trusted advisors or people or connections that can help you through it. Yeah, that's super solid. Flexible process. It's copyrighted. It's Megan Robinson's. No one else take it. To be serious, I think that there's a lot of truth in that. Processes are so key, but you can't just stick to them blindly, right? And say, this is my process. Even if it's not working, it's my process. So yeah, I like that. You know, it's something that needs to be tweaked and changed and continue to kind of going back to leadership with the rest of your team. That's something that your team can be working through, right? If you have a process for outreach and you have employees working on that, and it's not working or they can tweak it. I mean, that's amazing. 
they're bringing such value to, to the process, to the clients, into the business. So that's cool. I'll even take that a step further. Yeah. I want to say, especially in that entrepreneur space, you don't have processes for those employees. You kind of just say, oh, go figure it out. Or, oh, this is kind of what I've been doing. And they're off and running. And now you have a lot of scattered things and that communication on how that works as a leader, as a structure for the business is so critical for making sure that you're getting the right results. So I didn't mean to cut you off. I was like, wait, let's no. talk about process. No, please <laughs> and what do. that means. But I think you're right with just challenging it and continuing to kind of test and learn from it. And you know, the first couple times you do something, you're probably not having a process. But if you find yourself repeating it more than about three times, knowing that you can put something together and you can reflect on it that way, it becomes much easier. But share because delegation is the other hardest part for the entrepreneur because that's the scary part of letting someone else do the things that you've been doing. Yeah, for sure. I think with kind of just finishing up on the process thought, if you can create a process, and like you said, if you've done it a couple times, create a process, write it out, write, document it, try to be as specific as possible, and then yeah, give it to the team and let them figure it out because they're the ones doing it right. So they're going to really have the insights into what it looks like. But I really resonate with the fear part because I think it's so hard to, to give that responsibility off to people besides yourself, you know? So I think it's so key to, to make sure you're hiring people who you trust that you can give part of your company, part of kind of your identity in that to them. So that's cool. Continuing in kind of the, the transition from employee to entrepreneur, what insights or advice, I guess, would you share with people who are thinking about that? Because it sounded like that was something that was deep inside of you that you knew you wanted to do for a long time. For someone who's kind of teetering, like, you know, I could work, continue working in the agency or I could start my own business. I kind of want to start my own business. What advice would you have for them in that position? I talk a lot about vision building and, you know, goal setting can go in there, but especially when it comes to leadership and self-leadership, your vision is so critical for creating good leaders. And when you really create a vision of what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Is that something you're passionate about? And when I look at vision, I really put it into three different parts. You've got the vision, which is that actual picture. It's very clear and you can see it, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can taste it. Really crafting what does success look like? But then you also have the how, which is that plan and, and formulating how you're going to get there and what steps you need to take. So you're starting to create a bit of a roadmap, obviously a little flexible <laughs> process with that for the, the detours that happen. But the other aspect of that is the why and understanding what your purpose is, why you're passionate about it, what it means for you and making sure that it connects where your skills are and what you want to be doing is that third component to it. And so you can have a why that's really big and you're really excited about and passionate about, and that can be for a business, but it can also be for a company. That's what gets you out of the bed in the morning. Maybe you love contributing to the team. Maybe you love the company's mission or values. Maybe you love what your role is there, but having that why piece is what's going to keep you motivated. It's what's going to keep you on track for that. No, that's powerful. I mean, the classic book, right? Start with why from Simon Sinek. Like you said earlier, being an entrepreneur is hard. It's a roller coaster. It's a lot of ups and downs. So if there's not a clear purpose and vision with what you're trying to accomplish, it's not going to work. It's a lot easier to be an employee in a lot of ways, right? You get the benefits right away. You have the, the schedule. 
you get to leave and your, some of your work ends potentially. So if you're only doing it for the benefits that you see other people getting from business, I don't think it's going to last. So I think that's hard advice, but good advice is it takes a lot of reflection, I think, to consider, is this something that I really want? Or is it just something that I like the idea of? I don't know if that's too harsh. Feel free to give feedback, but that, that's just kind of what I was taking from what you were saying. You know, it's not harsh. You can be a casual entrepreneur and maybe you, you don't need it as much or it's lower on the priority or you don't have as much pressure for it and you want to dabble and play with it. And that's okay too, because your vision for it looks very different and your why for it is Mm -hmm. very different. So it doesn't have to be all hardcore. I'm going to build an empire that doesn't have to be your why it could just be, I, I need something that has more flexibility for myself or my family, or I need something that is on the side while I'm doing something else, or I'm kind of, I want to test and see if I'm passionate about this, but putting it into what does that vision of success look like for you and making sure you have that end goal is really important. So you don't just keep spinning that hamster wheel and keep thinking like, oh, I'm passionate about this. I enjoy doing it. And I keep on doing the do, but you never know if you succeed. I feel like that's where a lot of people get trapped in entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's a great clarification of where I was coming from and you put it up to the next level. So I love it. Megan, so much great content here, both on leadership and in entrepreneurship. Do you have any parting thoughts that you'd want to share with our listeners who are mostly entrepreneurs or people interested in, in small business? parting wisdom that just opens the doors to anything, right? (laughs) Now, if I don't say anything, I've got no wisdom left. (laughs) You know, this, this time of year, and honestly, any time of year, whether it's the new year, new season, whatever it is, taking that time for reflection is so critically important from all aspects. And especially for entrepreneurs that are going all the time. And I think mentally thinking about their business all the time, I look a lot at not what is my time commitment for something, but what's my mental commitment for it? How much space in my mind is it taking up? And taking a step back from that, however you do that, whether it's a reflection, meditation, journaling, talking with a friend about it, giving yourself that space to reflect and learn because that's where that growth is going to happen. And if you're not prepared to grow, that would be another qualifier of maybe entrepreneurship's not right for you, but keeping that growth going is what's going to keep you satisfied and keep you moving. I put you on the spot and you came through in a big way. So sorry to do that to you, but that was great. (laughs) All good. Well, Megan, this has been so fun. I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have learned so much about leadership and and entrepreneurship as well. Where can our listeners find you if they'd like to learn more about what you do and how do they get in contact with you? Oh, thanks. So I have eleaderexperience.com is my website. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm Megan Robinson. And you can give me a call if you really want to. You know, this is that scary thing. No one ever just picks up the phone anymore. (laughs) So I'm going to challenge everyone to call someone this week without a meeting on the books. And my phone number is 503-830-9006. So there's your challenge. Do something a little scary. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Megan. It's been so fun. And listeners, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast.